You're listening to Carry On Friends, the Gerbin American Podcast, episode 93. Welcome to the Carry On Friends Podcast, where you'll be inspired and empowered to do amazing things in your personal lives, career, business, and community. With your host, Carrie Ann Reed Brown. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Ann. Um, welcome to another show. I'm I'm excited about this episode. A little nervous and excited because I'm doing a lot of stuff different in this episode. So first things first, um, I want to talk about summer and the summer vibes. On reading the book, on listening to the playlist, I have a new playlist for you of the newest songs. And it's curated by none other Candice Thompson Zachary, the fabulous, creative, social entrepreneur behind Caribbean Dance Collective and a whole bunch of other brands. And so she has another playlist that she curated for me, but not on Spotify, on YouTube. But you know why it's on YouTube? Because Spotify don't have the latest Caribbean music. Soca music, specifically. So yeah, they're not on um, Spotify. So... It's on YouTube, so you can listen to it while you're jamming. And as we get close to Labor Day, if you're in the tri-state area or wherever you are in the country, you can feel some of the Labor Day energy. Or if you're planning to go to Miami for Carnival, hey, warm up to the same way. Or just because there's music, you can just listen to music, right? So that's first on the list of things. Second... August, this August in particular, August 2018, is a milestone for me. What is that milestone? It is my 25th year immigration story. Yes, 25 years ago, I climbed on a plane. Okay, not literally climbed on a plane, but you know what I mean. I got on a plane, American Airlines, with my mom, my three brothers, and moved to New York. 25 years ago, when I tell everybody 25, you know, Alicia was like, girl, you don't look like you're 25. Thanks, Alicia. And, you know, my brother-in-law was like, how so long are you there? You spend your whole life here, like pretty much, but it doesn't feel that way. And it's because I have the luxury of living. I shouldn't, yeah, it is I, the privilege of living in Brooklyn, which is, which is so little Caribbean, right? So yes, this month marks 25 years since I've been living in this country. And um, I wanted to tell a story, my immigrant story. But I'm like, my immigrant story is so colored. It's 25 years. There's, a, there's 25 years of stories in there. And I was trying to figure out how am I going to tell the story in 15 minutes or less, 30 minutes or less. Because if you don't notice, I chat enough. And I, you know, I get excitable and, you know, I just didn't know. So I decided to focus on one particular aspect of the story and it's actually coming here. So I'm telling a story. I'm a bit, I'm excited that I told this story, but I'm a bit nervous because it's, mm, I don't even want to say nervous. It's a little different for what the show is, but I, I enjoyed telling the story. So, um, so before I get into the story, one of the things that I've been learning to appreciate is, especially with Melissa Noel, um, congratulations on her award for telling the barrel stories, um, is that I don't have a barrel story. You know, I, I realized by watching another play called Demerara Gold, 
um, a one woman play that, you know, what my mom did um, was not something that was normal. And if more people have had this story, please let me know, because the more people I hear with it, it's not the norm. So my mom did not leave us in Jamaica, come here, get settled and then send for us again. It didn't happen that way. And we we all came here at the same time with my mom. No, I didn't have my father here other than my grandfather and my who filed for my mom. You know, we weren't coming here to, okay, a family settled and they'll set us up and stuff. We were kind of figuring out life all together. Um, so earlier I was talking to my mom about something else. My cousin was telling a story as all Caribbean people do tell story. And then my mom started to tell the story of how she ended up bringing us because she said she didn't plan on taking us with her. The thought of that made my heart jump because I would have had a totally different life. But she said she didn't plan on taking us. She said um, when she went to the embassy in Jamaica, and they asked her if she had children and they realized that she had children. The person told her that she should take us. That the person sent her back, gave her a new appointment to come back with, with all four of us. And she said it was hard because every time you go to the embassy, it's like you're spending money. And she had to find money for all four of us, which I imagine was so hard. You know, at that age... I honestly know that, boy, certain things you're just, as Caribbean parents, they're so ungrateful. But being a mom now, like, I can totally appreciate how much money that she was forking out, right? And she she said she had to get the money. And, you know, she said a lot of people chipped in to get the money. I was oblivious. I just knew the one or two couple times I had to go on a minibus with her to Kingston. And when I went to Kingston, I was staying with family who were in Don Robin. And, you know, so it was definitely a challenge, even that process. But looking back at it, I just want to say, you know, I want to thank God for putting in the person's brain to tell her to take us because I can't imagine what my life would have been if my mom left us. Um, um, in Jamaica, everything would just have been so different. And I mean, I would have been in good hands with my grandmother, who I love dearly. You all know that as listeners of the show, but it would have been just such a different life. You know, it's like there's an alternate life that I could have had. So which is kind of why I wanted to tell this part of the immigrant story. I hope you like it. And happy anniversary to me, my mom and my brothers. I love them all. I love my family. You know what I noticed too? This is episode 93, and I came to the U.S. in 1993. So how apropos. Yes, everything I sync up, everything I sync up. Anyway, and as immigrants, you know, we share common stories. So um, I hope you enjoy. Let me know what you think. Um, Yeah. So check out this part of my Coming to America, Kerry's edition. don't know exactly when I knew I was coming to New York, but I knew it had to be after school got out for the summer holiday because I distinctly remember not being able to tell all my friends that I wasn't coming back to school. I had just finished my ninth grade year at the Mount Alvernia High School for girls. I do remember telling Shelley that I was coming to New York. 
She asked, we're in New York. I said, Queens, because I figured that's where I was going because of a trendy T-shirt that I had gotten with Queens in raised letters in the New York City skyline. I noticed Shelley raised her eyes as if to assume Queens was bad. Before moving to New York, I spent most of the summer going on the trips that were organized through church. I spent a lot of time in church, choir practice, we have recital for some other activity. And with my grandmother, I just had to go to church. First was the Sunday school trip. At our church, we didn't call Sunday school Sunday school. We called it family hour. And it was the family hour trip to Duns River Falls. I think we stopped at Green Gratter Caves and definitely Columbus Park before we got to Duns River Falls. Because these are sort of the things you kind of do leading up to the bigger attraction of the trip. I had a great time with my friends. We climbed the falls. I decided that I didn't want to climb it all the way. I come off before I get to the steep part. I went into the water. And you know, when the water come off the falls and it meets the ocean, there's a balance of the salt and the cool, fresh water. If you stand right into that, oh, that water feels so good. It was a great trip. And you see that trip, after I moved to New York, it was just forever anchored in my memory as one of the best times I had with my church friends in Jamaica. That summer, I also went to the annual Jamaica Baptist Union Youth Camp in Duncan's Trelawney. It's my second year attending the trip, and I was looking forward to see if any of the people I met my first year would show up. You see, camp is a mix of fun and Bible study, and it's supposed to be leading the youth to God. But honestly, other than the singing of Christian songs, the social life is what I remember the most. We got up early to do running. We did devotion. We had to do kitchen service. You know, we were in teams. And then in the afternoons, we hung out or did other activities. I really remember the people that I was connecting with. Not just people from my church, but from people all over the island. You see, these two trips were my more memorable trips that were part of my Farewell Jamaica tour. As much as I was a church girl, I love music. And that summer, my soundtrack was Buju's Voice of Jamaica. Deportee, Operation Ardent, Girl You Make My Day. I remember when that video come out. Especially Deportee, knowing that I was going to America. Something about that song made me feel like, no, I'm going to go to America. I'm going to make sure I send money a yard. So, yeah, I remember it just like it was. Mm, maybe not just like it was, but close enough to 25 years ago. Grandma spent all day frying fish and roasting breadfruit. I don't remember if she made her famous coconut drop. I don't even remember packing clothes. I don't remember packing anything other than frying fish, roasting breadfruit, file paper, lots of newspaper. You see, this process of preparing food for trips to foreign is part of the immigrant story. In our case, it was a gift for family, and it was all that we had to give the family we were going to stay with. Food, bottles of Ray and Nephew, were carefully packed in a big leather suitcase. You remember those ones, these big old leather suitcases with a big buckle? Yeah. 
you know the one that I'm talking about. Our flight was an afternoon flight, and a lot of people came to see us off at the airport. We didn't live far from the airport, so it was fairly easy. We were about what, 10, 15 minutes from the airport. There was a lot of excitement and a mix of nerves. Well, that part, I don't really know if it was really true, if it's how I felt at that time, or if it's me now telling you this story. I'm feeling a little bit of nerves because now I'm looking at this from the perspective of my mom as a mom myself. I can't remember all who at the airport, but I know for sure grandma was there, daddy Stanton, Olive, Carrie, Lisa, Al, and I think Miss Vi, Betty, and Jacinth. For my mother and brothers, this would be the first time on a plane. But for me, it was my second. My first being back in 1988 when I went on a primary school trip to Disney in Florida. Back then, you had to go out on the tarmac to get on the plane. And what I thought was the coolest part of it was turning around and see if you can spot your family up in the waving gallery. You remember that? At a distance, I couldn't really see anyone clearly. You just see bodies pressed against this chain link fence and people waving. And so instinctively, you start waving because maybe, maybe you don't see them, but they see you. So as I walked towards the plane and up the steps, I turned around and waved, go up a couple more steps, turned around and wave, and continued this all the way until I reached inside the plane. And even when we got inside the plane, I was trying to look through the window to see if I still could spot grandma or somebody I know. The plane had three rows, mommy, Chris, Junior and myself, we took up the three seats in the center row. And Floyd sat in the one seat in one of the outer rows next to this white man. Like kids, Junior, Floyd and I were giddy about takeoff. Chris, being the youngest at two, was more focused on getting out of mommy's hands and was touching everything. Once in flight, we were stretching our necks to look through the window. Have you seen the sunset while in flight? The bed of clouds below and the burst of orange in the sky is beautiful. I thought to myself, I wish these windows could open so I can touch the clouds, which I had imagined would feel like cotton candy. Finally, lights. I can see that we're about to land. But wait, it looked like the plane about to land on the road. The plane is trying to land. And all I saw were the lights of cars driving like normal. But what is this? It was the most amazing thing to see. The plane coming into land and the cars right below. They were so close. I was terrified that the plane was going to land on the cars. Finally, we landed and the plane burst into applause. Oh, is that what people do? Okay, we'll join in. Yes, we'll reach. We went through immigration first and stood there for what seemed like forever because mommy had to take out this brown envelope that had all our paperwork and we had to answer a lot of questions. I noticed everybody else was getting through and going 
and I wanted to know what was taking so long. It was also getting late, but me and my brothers dare not show any form of restlessness because we did not want mommy to turn around and give us that famous stare down. Uncle Everton and Derek picked us up at the airport. I look at Uncle Everton's car, which was a BMW, and was trying to figure out how we all going to fit in this car with all of the suitcase. But I come from Jamaica, where you have to small up yourself in taxi, and we made it work. I remember when we were about to turn on the block, and I remembered how lively and busy everything was. And I said to myself, are we downtown? Because coming from Jamaica, if you live in a, a neighborhood, it is quiet. Apart from the one person at the bar or the bar maybe playing a song. But for the most part, shop lock. If no dance now keep, it's pretty quiet. But Brooklyn, wow, it was bursting with life. Mana played domino on the corner. Cars whizzing by with music load load. And the lights I couldn't get over how bright it was. We filed out of the car. There's this big tall building in front of me. And I'm like, is here so we're going to live? We took the suitcases and walked all the way up the steps. I can't even remember which flight. I just remember the building. And when we got in, I noticed how small the apartment was compared to the house that we left in Jamaica. No, the house in Jamaica wasn't a house of luxury. It was of modest means, but it still had more room than this apartment. Two bedrooms, a living room, a little kitchen, barely a kitchen, and a tiny bathroom. But we're in America, and I felt excited. But there was a feeling of unknown that I felt coming over me. I looked at my mother looking for signs for her excitement to match ours. I didn't find it. I've long since been able to sense my mother's moods. We took out the food. We put them in the kitchen. We settled in one room. My mother, my brothers, and I in one room, one bed. How we all going to fit in here and sleep? We made it work. We were excited to see the morning, to see... What a new day sleeping overnight in America is like. Hey guys, I had to end the story there. I felt like leading up to the flight and the whole flight and landing in New York was like a really pivotal story because a lot of people have different experiences in that story. Um, I didn't want to spend too long on it, so I just kind of gave you a little glimpse from my perspective i hope you enjoyed it and if you have an immigrant story or coming to america story let me know as well i'm happy to listen to all of the stories and if you have any questions about my experience let me know and until next time walk good okay friends i hope you enjoyed this episode of the carry on friends podcast for a recap of this episode and other great articles please visit the blog at www.carryonfriends.com that's C-A-R-R-Y-O-N-F-R-I-E-N-D-S dot com.
You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean-American experience, produced by Breadfruit Media. We post a new episode every two weeks on Tuesday. And if you're looking to learn more, buy our merch, or sign up for our newsletter, check out carryonfriends.com. Or find us on all social media platforms at Carry On Friends.